Hey, guess what, guys? It's video vampires. Cool, cool. With Jessica. And Mickey. Yeah, yeah. I watched a bunch of shit. You know what's really weird about this uh, quarantine, besides everything, is um, the amount of stuff I don't want to watch. <laughs> like, I've been, you know, we've talked about it a lot about, like, comfort. And even, like, on HBO Max, so look, they have a whole section just called comfort movies, which are just, like, you know, popular comedies and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of funny that, like, the consensus is that everyone's just kind of rewatching the shame shit, but like it's also hard to manufacture a lot of stuff during a quarantine. And there's like a lot of back and forth about what's appropriate and like industries, you know, you, you saw that thing about, I'm not sure if you saw it, but like how small business is suffering, but yet, um, you know, restaurants can't open and can't serve people, but yet they can have a whole catering for 200 people. Like it's just, it's been ridiculous, yeah. but you know, I've, I've watched a mix of like a lot of stuff and you know, stuff that I've seen before. So, um, my boyfriend had never seen Videodrome. Um, he hasn't seen a lot of Cronenberg movies, but so we start. I started with Videodrome. I figured the first introduction should be Videodrome to Cronenberg. I see. I feel like I, I, I agree, sort of in the sense that, well, I mean, at the same time, it's like, where do you go from here? You know, like I love it's not my favorite Cronenberg film, but I think it's absolutely his best movie. But like The Fly is a personal favorite. But Videodrome is like, man, you started off right at the best. No build up. See, I I my favorite is Dead Ringers, but I feel like that's a much different vibe. And even The yeah. Fly is a different vibe from Videodrome. Sure. So like, you know, I was like, so and I didn't want to start too early because I don't feel like that's. I mean, I, I feel like it's attractive enough, but not for someone to be like, what is a Cronenberg movie? You know, so I felt like Videodrome was like kind of the start of where I wanted to to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've just watched like a whole bunch of weird shit. Like I was, you know, cults are really attractive right now. And I've talked about this before. And a few people have messaged me and I really appreciate you being so supportive of me trying to start a cult. Um, but my friend told me to watch The Source Family. Um, which was, you know, about, uh, I loved it. I, besides, you know, the weird underage sex thing, but, uh, I have, I have a personal story tied to that. So we'll keep going. So. Wait, okay. I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I like the whole idea of like, you know, communal living and like mm. health food and like everyone working at this restaurant and having little jobs like that all seems really peaceful to me and really nice and like living on a large property and everyone, you know, like I, I am ready to start a cult. Um, so I really loved it, especially a musical cult, you know, like, and I like that they were just like fucking around, like <laughs> just fucking around on drugs, like making records constantly for some reason. That's really fun to me. So, um, for the most part, I thought it was like a really cool documentary. Obviously, it was like, you know, about um, or, you know, very Manson inspired, you know, like you I feel like Manson looked at them and was like, oh, this is what I want to do, except like he turned murdery, you know? Yeah. Instead of health food and music, it was like murder and music. Yeah. I agree. And race wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so what's your story? I'm trying to think of like, I mean, because it's not, you know, it's just it's more of like the only reason why I laughed is because. Um, I always try to remember that. Like, what was the fucking name of that like weird food cult thing? And the reason why is because, um, and I, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to get too because I don't know what I can or can't. Say, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's like wow, really, it's that deep. No, it's not. I'm just saying that. Like, it, it, there's. I'm building up a story that has no payoff. But um, <laughs> it, basically, I worked. You know, like uh, you know, you knew this. I worked at a bar pre-pandemic, and this was years ago. And so when the documentary came out, 
they um i usually work on you know i would host monday nights you know karaoke and stuff like that and there was one there was occasions where we would have to we would be shut down for a private event and like sometimes i would even work you know um so you know my my friend who's worked the bar he was like yeah we're not doing karaoke money and i was like oh well that sucks you know i could really use the money but whatever he's like no you should come anyway i was like why he's like all right he's like this i don't know the details i don't know any of these but there's this weird cult that is celebrating this like release of this movie like in our bar like they rented out the bar to like celebrate like this this documentary release and um and there's gonna be like a food truck outside i was like hey man I love food and I can, if I can just go in and watch this weird like thing, it's like, yeah, totally. So I come in there and it was like, and I, I was going to describe it as like, you know, a, a sexless hippie version of the eyes wide shut, you know, thing where it's like, people were just like playing weird music in the center of the room and people were, it was, it was, it was so unappealing that I was just like, I went into like the, this, the pad smoking patio and just started smoking cigarettes. And I'm like looking at my friend through the window, like at the bar being like, what the fuck did you tell me to come here for? And like, I'm calling her. So you got to come to this fucking weird thing. You'll just, cause we knew the doorman. So he came in and we're just sitting there just watching all these like fucking, like, I don't know, 56 year old, like maybe even older, like hippie types, just like kind of dancing and having these really like, you know, stereotypes. Basically, let me put it this way. I was like, when I was watching this thing, I was like all that weird shit, that people think about California, you know, non, you know, non-Californians think about like California, like, oh, you fucking new age hippie dippy bullshit. This was like, yep, this is right. This is this is what I'm talking about. Like this weird party thing that I want nothing to do with, and I'm desperately trying to figure out how to get out of, you know, because like I'm like I, anyway. Anyway, I also found out that the guy, like, and I don't know if this is in the documentary because I never saw, it, but I, I also found out that the guy who started the whole thing was like, you know, basically wasn't he kind of like. I mean, you you can correct me if he was like, okay, basically nobody can have sex except for me. Like I can, and I can have sex with everybody. Right. And like, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And like, no, okay, no, right. he made the rules though. He was like, you have sex with this person and this person has sex with this person. And then it would change, but he wasn't the only one because they, they he, there was like a bunch of kids born. You know, but he know. had a bunch of wives too. You know, like and, and how did the wives feel about that? Because maybe, I thought, well, maybe you should watch the documentary. <laughs> His whole thing was he was a soldier, and then you know when he came back, he was like, you know, I'm just looking for something different besides like being a super murderer. You know, and then he got into like religion, and then you know, it, it's it's pretty funny. You know, in in certain ways, it's it's very interesting. There's also like weird shit like he fucked underage girls and like there was a woman who was like interviewed there and she was like I was like 14 when I joined this cult and I was technically married and like all this stuff and like but like she's like I'm okay with it like this was the best case scenario for me in that time period like you know home life wasn't so good obviously I was a kid on the street mm -hmm. but it's an interesting watch for sure. Um, I think anything culty is interesting to be yeah. honest, but um, yeah. I also watched uh, the Tyson documentary, which I had never seen originally. Um, and it, cause you know, Tyson obviously was retired and then he fought recently. Um, and it's the first time in what, 15 years or something like that, that he's had a fight. He's in his fifties. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to watch the documentary. Like, Tyson is a very interesting fighter. He's like one of the most ridiculous humans I've ever heard of in my entire life. And so I wanted to watch the documentary and it's exactly what I thought it was. Just like Tyson, I feel like I admire him because he's just completely a savage human, you know, like 
he says ridiculous things. He does ridiculous things because he's always had the want to do that. And he's always followed wants where he, wherever he was. And I think that's very interesting. Also, he's built a career on being a fighter, you know, and it's, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm not going to say like, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of anything really sports related, but uh, it was just totally ridiculous. He's a ridiculous human. And I like watching documentaries about ridiculous humans. Have you ever seen it? No, I just, I mean, I feel like, I, I feel like people forgot what kind of garbage shit that he did, you know, because like, there's this whole thing where he got that resurgence, you know, what was it, the hangover? I don't think he forgot, but people also, like, think about, like, true crime documentaries and, like, how people love serial killers. He's kind of, like, one of those people that I feel like is mentally free enough to, like, not have moral hangups about doing bad things. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that he's forgotten. I'm saying I feel like people have forgotten. It was, like, something like... No, oh, I know. I, yeah. I don't think they forgot. I think that they like that stuff. They've always liked murderers and freaks and, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just... I, I, I He just... He's... I've also beat him in a fight. And I know you don't think that's true, but in like 1991, I beat him in a fight because he blinks with his one eye and he's going to swing with his other arm. I, it's all Mike Tyson's punch out here, but I'm telling you, like, he's, oh my god, <laughs> he's, not, he's not the invincible beast that everybody thinks he's. You just got to you got to watch. Yes, if he hits you, you get knocked out like right away. I mean, which I think is imagine, which is true. He was a one. He was yeah. a one punch. I am. They, they would have to put that in the game. Um, and then immediately <laughs> after, I came home and I watched Creed, which is like still one of the best. Uh, of the series i feel like it's one of my favorite besides you know i would say rocky uh rocky four rocky and then creed are my favorites out of all of them yeah and now stallone's gonna like do a director's cut rocky forward he's taking out the fucking robot and i'm like oh i'm sorry you're taking out one of the most most bizarre and interesting subplots i mean seriously a friend of mine i've like had this conversation where like you know rocky goes to the soviet union with Polly to train, right? Yeah. Um, and then Adrian joins them, which means they leave that child with this robot, which people also forget Polly has turned into a sexy robot. So it's like there are so many interesting things about that robot that taking it out just kind of kills the movie. For, not all of it, but it kills a lot of the movie. Where I'm like, no, man, the, the, the robot was the best. It was the weirdest and the best subplot. It's like you left your child alone with a sexy talking robot. That's the coolest fucking thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this weird Rocky Four cut that he's going to do. But I'm telling you right now, and I know Sylvester Stallone's listening because he's a huge fan. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Um, don't, you know, you're going to kill your movie. Don't take out the robot. It's like I get uh, Coppola redoing Godfather 3 because there's a lot of really good stuff going on in Godfather 3. That, and, and so, <laughs> no, I mean, he's redoing it. He, like, he, I mean, it's coming out uh, this month where, like, they're re-releasing Godfather 3 but, like, a different cut of it that he's – he, that Paramount gave him like what millions to like recut. I'm like, I get that, man. Take out Sofia Coppola. Don't take out the robot in Rocky Four, man. That's <laughs> that's that's my thing. Ridiculous. Um, I uh, I also watched Run, which is this uh, Munchausen, you know, by proxy, proxy. type yeah. of movie, which I always enjoy. I didn't. I enjoy a good Munchausen uh, story, but Sarah Paulson's in it, and she's good. It's good. It's just not like. A, we're just redoing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not any more exciting than what came before it. I like that movie Ma though. Like you saw that one, right? I saw both. I saw run and yeah, I saw. 
well, I'm just saying, I think it's a better version of, of what this is, of what, like, a Munchausen's type of movie, but I don't know. It was okay. I mean, I'm glad it was released straight to Hulu so I could watch it and not have to pay for it, technically. I thought it was more of, like, a, a take, I mean, kind of like a, a riff off of Misery, which I was like, man, all that made me do is want to just rewatch Misery, um, which is now, I guess, on HBO Max, but um, I love, I mean, Misery is just, like, you watching a movie that kind of, like, has that like you know somebody's trapped in a house by somebody who's like you know completely crazy crazy yeah but misery like yeah i mean it was two adults and somehow more more frightening yeah and 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 also just like when you want i watched run because i thought the actress who played the daughter was really good you know i really did um and i think sarah paulson's i mean even when she's like super when she's chewing the scenery I still think she's good, you know? Like, I still think she's entertaining. I just, the move, watching that movie, it was like, God damn it. Like, I watching this movie makes me realize how perfect Misery was, you know? Like, how Misery, misery was. Did we do Misery? We did do Misery, and I remember Yeah, thinking, I was going to say, it's perfect. It is. It's, it may not, I mean, and again, I'm, I don't, it's not like one of my favorite movies, but when I watch a movie, I'm like, this movie is perfectly executed. It's perfectly written, perfectly acted, perfectly directed, everything about that, and you're using what? Pretty much one location, you know? Same thing with Run, whereas but Run just didn't. There was moments I did like. There was a few moments where I was like, "Man, what I thought would like." There was like, you know, when like a character is like, "Oh my god, something really bad's happening to me," and the care and like the character they're telling is like, "I don't know about that. You must be crazy." I actually liked that for the first time in a fucking movie. Like the, I'm talking about the mailman scene where I was like, "Oh yeah, he believes her." Like he's not like I don't yeah, know. Actually, I was like, I was that's I appreciated that part. I'm like, fucking finally, you know yeah. what I mean? Like in a movie where someone's like, no, you're just you're just joshing, you know? It's like, can't someone believe this? Like she's a fucking teenager. Like someone, please yeah. for fuck's sake, you know, just yeah, like, believe her. But exactly, um, I watched the Fresh Prince reunion and I cried. Really? Had a big had a big old cry about it. Yeah, there's like a whole you know uh phil segment oh yeah uncle phil and uh they talk about a lot of the controversy that happened with the moms and everything it's a good watch i i really enjoyed it and i you know i grew up watching fresh prince i think a lot of people did you know it was like the cable repertoire like i've seen it a hundred times i think when i first moved to la me and my friend jay found the um bel-air house and we couldn't you can't actually see it it's like behind a huge fence so we were like climbing a tree trying to take pictures and it's like i'm like we're gonna get caught like the cops are gonna be called on us like just trying to take a picture of this house but we got it i have a i have a picture of it it's really funny but yeah it's one of my favorite shows you know and i can still recall certain episodes and they talk about that and it, it was like a feel good like reunion I'm, I'm glad they put it out i i really like you know fun mm-hmm. tv family vibe i guess um speaking of tv families uh have you seen wayne yet on amazon prime Wait, i guess what? it was a um, uh, wayne on amazon prime no what is it uh, I guess it was on YouTube or, you know, one of the other ones that failed and, and came to Amazon, but it's super fucking fun. It's just called Wayne. And it's about a kid from Brockton, Massachusetts, uh, and his like misadventures with like this girl, Dell. Um, it's like, you know, he's like this weirdo punk kid and like, you know, his dad dies and it's just, you know, he acts out and she acts out and it's like just really fun though. And it reminds me a lot of home and, uh, I really liked it, and and so I'm hoping that this is one of the ones that like Amazon Prime bought, and then will recontinue. But you know, we no one knows yet. But super fun. I think the dude who wrote it is from Brockton, which makes it a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's got like 
a dad in it that you're like, oh, this is like everybody's Uncle Jimmy that just like acts crazy, you know what I mean? And like yeah. fights constantly and does shit like that. But it's it's a fun watch and it I really ended up liking it. Um yeah. the episodes are only like, you know, 30 minutes, so it's easy to get through uh in a few days. Yeah, and then cool. um I watched Nimic, uh, which is a short uh your ghost uh did it who you know has done um the lobster and oh, yeah. uh you know the favorite uh, the favorite and uh i can't remember the other one it's like sacred killing of a deer yeah. um but he did a short with um matthew fuck what's his name what was he in the outside of the house that jack built matt dylan Matt Dillon, that's his last name. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's good. It's a short, and it's like, but it's like a concept that I feel like I've seen before, and it's like, yeah, it's creepy and it's good, but like I don't feel much about it, you know. Um, and it's like, oh, cool, cool that this was put out, but I'd rather him just work on a full length and give that to us, uh, you know, you know. Uh, but that's on Mubi, um, and I think it's free, so you could just e- I you could either sign up, you know, for Have a they free membership. Mubi for keep talking about them. They should because okay. I love them. I love you, Mubi. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I watched um, Terminator Dark Fate. Why? It? No, dude, it's so bad. I it's know. not. It's like I wanted it to be good so badly because, you know, Linda Hamilton's in it. Um, I know what happens in it, too. And I'm like, I heard about what happens in the first, what, 10 and, minutes. I was like, why am I going to want to watch this movie? Well, <laughs> I like that girl, Mackenzie. I want to call her Mackenzie Phillips, but I don't, I don't know if that's her name. Um, but, you know, I just don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, No one was really good in it. The concept was stupid. I don't like that Arnold... I don't like his character. I don't want to ruin anything for you guys, but it sucks. And I just really hated it all, all, um, all well, along. I spoiled the fuck out of it for myself because I was like, I'm not. Once I heard that one thing, I was like, well, I know I'm never going to watch this movie. So what else happens? I read um, it and I was like, oh, man, that just sounds terrible. I also watched New Mutants. That was like the only newer movie that How I've seen that? lately. I really wanted to see it, that a long time it's ago. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Um, You know, I. I, I wanted to like it a lot more and there's parts that I did like because some of the characters that they came up with are really fun and I like the idea of them but it's like it's just stupid the main actress is not good she's not a good actress her character could have been cooler but I think she was just portrayed uh, is it I don't Anna, know Anna Taylor Joy or, or whatever no. okay okay not her she's actually pretty good except she has the worst Russian accent I've ever heard in my life like it felt like she wasn't even trying just like okay like you clearly don't care about this role and then um even uh what's her face Arya stark she was pretty good in it but not great you know it just wasn't a great movie like i didn't hate watching it but i didn't really care for it to That's be honest i really because I, I want i mean when i when i first saw the trailer years ago i was like i want to see this movie and the more it just kept getting delayed the more i was you like you knew it was going to be worse and worse just, yeah and it wasn't like because i definitely because I, I mean because that doesn't always mean um that a movie's gonna be bad when it gets delayed i mean mad max for your road not oh also by the way um morton joe passed away but um oh yeah but um but Mad Max Free Road had like a lot of reshoots and it turned out to be one of the, I mean, somebody said to me that they thought out of like the first, you know, of the, um, you know, the, the, the 2010s to the 2020, that was like the best movie. And I, I can't, I can't argue that. I do think Mad Max Free Road is like, if not the best, it was in the top three. 
from 2003. Yeah, I think I had it. It was definitely my top five for sure. But, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but this movie is just not good. It's not. Yeah, it, it's just it. not. The more I, the more I started, like, the more I was watching. It feels Fox like a go, long Buffy episode. Yeah, and the more I watched Fox, kind of like try to figure out how are we going to push this movie onto the audience. You know, like, is it going to be? A, I mean, because at first I was like, oh, it's going to be a horror you know a, a, a mutant universe horror film and i was really excited i was like oh man they're kind of they're in and i they know the director is intended to do this but i was like they're kind of teasing it kind of like or or kind of like paying homage to dream warriors and i was like oh this could be really cool and then the more i saw fox be like no 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 it's more of like a it's more of like a, this type of movie and then it's more like this i was like i don't fucking care anymore and i actually like that like that that run of the new mutants because I love the art artist that um, worked on it because he just has he's one of my favorite comic book artists. But this movie just did not look good. And so when you say that it's not good, I I can I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that you're you know I'm like I'm not even gonna argue that that's I don't even have to see it. I I already can tell that it's it's a yeah a, yeah. It was a disappointment for yeah. sure. And then you know the worst. I don't know why I finished it. I wish I didn't watch the whole thing, but I just kept it on hating it. It was like fueling my hate. But I watched the hillbilly. Elegy. Oh yeah. Uh, it fucking sucks. It's the one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and it like made me mad. You know, it like made me mad the whole time. And then the more I watched it, the more furious I was at it. Like, first of all, Amy Adams, like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, stop playing these roles. Like, you look like fucking trash. Like, just stop. Like, please stop. And then like the kid in it is just like one of the most horrible actors I've ever like ever seen. He like. And his whole thing is like, I'm a clubsy big kid. And uh, he's just like knocking into things. But it looks so fake. It's just so bad. I, the whole concept of the story is stupid. He's like, I'm a poor kid who's not from Kentucky, but my family is. And I'm going to use that to my advantage of doing anything or talking about anything. Like, God, it's just it was so insufferable. And I watched the whole thing. And I'm still mad that I did that because it is the worst movie I've ever seen. Honestly, this is worse than Mother. It's worse than the fucking Black Dahlia. It's just a piece of shit. I love that. I mean, I love when I, that's a that's a criticism I rarely hear, and I feel like I would you would think I would hear it more. And so I always love it when somebody says it's called something insufferable. It's just like <laughs> I love that. I really do. I'm like because maybe because like half the stuff I actually do like, I feel like other people would describe it as such. But I, I kind of like oh, Hillbilly LG. It's like my wife read the book. And yeah, I heard it was a book, and then I also uh, I heard the book is just stupid as well. It's just I, like yeah, I, I ever I didn't you know I've never it's, I hate to sound like a, like a piece of shit because it's like not you know because especially in in light of what happened in 2016 with the election or anything that people were trying to like some people were trying to hey let's learn from the other side of the table you know or the other side of the the aisle and I'm just like don't care like and I know that's terrible and I feel like an awful human being you know and I'm like on a one to one basis I'm sure I could sit down with somebody and be like explain to me your perspective and let's let's kind of figure shit out because you know whatever you know and i'm, I'm all about that i love that i've had plenty of friends or people i knew back on, back in the east coast we didn't always share the same ideologies or things that i, I and we we could discuss that i love that um but like as a blanket like yeah man like these people are like they're like you know this is why they they turn out the way they do or this is why somebody turns out to be racist or anything and i'm like i that's not, i don't care i just don't want them to be racist like don't give me the excuse don't give me the background just fucking stop being a douchebag so it, I, just, I, it has nothing to teach you it really doesn't and right. it made me want to kill 
the people who made this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just it's just really bad, and is it's uh, even I mean, consider I can't give you a review of the book because I didn't read it, but I heard you know about it, and I just I just I, never want anything to do with it ever again. Maybe I and I could be completely wrong, so don't hold me to it. But I don't know. I I heard the book wasn't. Um, I heard it was a little bit more autobiographical, a little bit less fictional, you know, like less, less like kind of a work of fiction and more of like, kind of like a. Yeah. He's like, I'm a white guy who didn't grow up poor, but my family, it's just, I just don't want to talk about it anymore because I am getting mad thinking about how much I hated the movie. Like I really fucking hated it. And if someone ever found me and said they like it, I would probably try to fight them physically. I feel you're gonna have a hard time finding people because, like, I, I from what I hear, that movie's getting universally fucking destroyed. It's getting panned across the board. So, um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath thinking you're gonna find somebody who's like, oh, actually, I really liked it. Um, I kind of hope I do. If you <laughs> like it, find me so I can challenge you to a duel to the death. Okay. I mean, um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you, uh, it's, it's because I was, I was on board with you in the very beginning when I, you were saying how, like, um, you know, um, not knowing what to watch and everything like that. Like for me, it's like I get like overwhelmed by options. Um, like I, I honestly do. Like you know, you've seen my in the, what I have. You know, with the collection that I have of videos and DVDs and everything. And it's like I've got so much shit that I could be, wa- I could watch. Like if the internet goes out. I have stuff to do, you know, but then when I go on like, you know, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or Shutter or anything, any streaming services, and I'm like, suddenly I'm like overwhelmed with the amount of options. And then I always like freak out and I go like, I'm just going to watch this thing that I've already seen before. Not because um, I'm hankering to watch it. It's like, usually I just want to put something on and I get so overwhelmed by the choices that I just, my brain shuts down. And I feel like I'm not the only one who has this problem, but like. No, it's been getting worse. I feel like it's worse and worse. It's just like, I spend like an hour looking at things now and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And like, I will waste like an hour just being like, "Eh, eh, I don't know. And it's like, and I, I rail against this shit. Um, you know, anyway, where I'm like saying like the, you know, back in the day, you would like go to the video store, you'd grab something, you'd commit to it because you rented it. You don't have the option of like, well, I mean, you, you grab like five videos and you could watch the first five minutes one and then chuck it out of the VCR. But it's like, you don't do that. You're like, ah, I went through all the trouble of going to get it, bringing it home. I'm going to commit to this, like this movie, even if I don't like the first five minutes. And sometimes you find out that the fi- first five minutes are garbage, but the rest of the movie is golden, you know? Um, but so I, 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 I've been. I watched Run. My wife and I watched Run, and and I just didn't, you know, like I said before, I, it, all it did was just remind me of oh, how wonderful Misery was. Like I we like after we watched it, I was like, fuck, we got to find Misery. And of course, like this was like a few weeks ago, so it wasn't streaming on anything yet. So we were like, oh, there's a, you get to you get to buy Misery. It's like oh, I like it. Do I want to buy it for fifteen bucks though? And she's like, and this is the first time my wife's ever said, she's like, hey, how much do you think it would cost? Like you know. You said Scream Factory did it, right? And I was like, yeah, they did a release. She's like, how, how much is that? And I'm like, are you encouraging me to buy shit? Cause she's I know. Like, oh, strange. I know, right? Um, usually did you she- see uh, – well, sorry. Did you see that um, – the show on Hulu that was in uh, – fuck, Patricia Arquette's in about – did you property. did you did you like the show better than the movie or did you? I, I, I didn't see the show on Hulu. I know you're talking about Patricia Arquette, and it looks good. It's just that my my problem too is that like, and we've had this conversation multiple times. I've been like, kind of television's weird with me, where it's like I know there's great shit out there, and I, I'll watch something. I'm like, but I, I haven't watched anything. I rarely do I get to, like hooked into something. And when I do get hooked hooked into something, when I pull myself out of it, I go, "What was it about that that got me so sucked in?" You know, like, um, but. 
Um, I mean, honestly, like the only new recent thing I watched was Run. Here's the, the worst part. I bought on iTunes because it was like eight bucks. I was like, why not? I bought Possessor. I haven't watched it yet because I'm like, oh, I got to wait for a good time to sit down and watch this one. But like I own that movie now. Like I ha- I own this movie that I've wanted to see for a while. And I just haven't watched it because I'm like every time I'm like, maybe I'll watch it now. Oh, no, I'm so overwhelmed by decision by indecision. So um, and I got that and I got um Vampire's Kiss, which is like. Oh, with a uh, cage. I mean, it's been one of my all-time favorite Nicolas Cage movies for, like, a long time. And, like, I've been trying to, you know, and then it's out of print on DVD. And, of course, I can, you know, getting it on video is not impossible. But um, I love that movie. But anyway, I did watch some things uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Oh, my, my wife watched – and a lot of the new stuff that I watch is by proxy. Like I'll be in the room and my wife will be like, <laughs> she'll be watching. She's like, Oh, I heard the save by the bell reboot is really good. I'm like, you don't even watch the original, you know, like why are you going to watch the reboot? But then she's like, Oh, I heard it was good. So she put it on. She knows people who've worked on it. So we watched the first episode and I was like, I get what they're trying to do. Like, I really do. Like I get it, but like, it's not working for me. Like they're trying to be like, hey, we're gonna reboot the show and we're gonna like bring back like you know, and everybody's back. It's it's kind of fun in that regard, but it's like new students and it's like trying to play off of like you know, real issues that are going on, you know, like with like the how shitty school systems are and like how like these you know, um, these these families with low income they like they just get like tre- like you know the kids and from those families get treated like shit as far as like their schooling opportunities, you know. So I I, I admire them trying that approach, but like it just wasn't landing with me. I just was not getting into it at all, you know? And uh, so I watched that. I was just like, this is this again. I just would rather watch the original show, which was not trying to say anything, which is not trying to have a message <laughs> except for, except for don't do speed, you know? Cause we all know that episode. But, no caffeine pills. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's caffeine pills. That's right. And she's so excited. Um, but um, and then I watched, uh, we watched this before Thanksgiving, we watched a movie called the child. This is 1977 horror movie. That um, and I'm always a fan of even a bad exploitation film, like a really bad one, is gonna have something good in it. It really will. Like, um, and in this case, there's some really cool camera work. This movie was so fucking stupid, though. Like, I get mad. At my, <laughs> I get mad at my wife when she's like, you know, when she like talks during movies or like tries to riff during a movie, and I'm like, just stop, you know, like whatever. But even I couldn't help it. I was like, okay, this is really. So, and the backstory of that is that Arrow Video put out um, this box set called American Horror Project, and it was basically like the the first box set had three movies, one of which was uh, which you came from the sea, um, which we we covered in one of our early episodes, and it's um this was this guy who wrote this amazing book um, called Nightmare on Film. Um, he uh, he basically he just he dug around he found these like really kind of like cool like American independent horror, exploitation films horror films and the first box set was like unbelievable it was a witcher came from the sea a movie called premonition and then this weird oddity called Malatesta's uh, Carnival of Blood which I love great I, I'm a big fan of this um, however the American Film Project um, two not so great. Um, uh, it, it had like you know, like, you know, like in the first box that it had like three out of three were just dynamite. Like these three movies, like they were fucking great. Um, but oh, it's called Nightmare USA, by the way, not Nightmare on Film. It's called Nightmare USA by okay. Stephen Crower. Anyway, so you should check that out. It's a fuck. I mean, let me tell you this: this book that this guy wrote, you could take this book and hit somebody over the head, and they're out. They're done. They're finished. That's how it's a. It is an encyclopedia of American exploitation um films from the you know from the 70s and 80s it's wonderful it's a, it's it's a gift from god um but um the second box set was like yeah you know like all the movies like the two of the movies were like you know um 
okay. And then the third one was this movie, The Child. And I hadn't watched the third one. I was like, oh, this is the one I've been kind of looking forward to the most because it's the one that the plot had, like, had sounded the most interesting. Like, this little girl who can, like, raise the dead. And, like, basically this nanny comes to, like, you know, be her nanny and, like, knows, hey, this kid's kind of fucking weird. And then, like, you know, of course the kid's, like, getting – every time the kid gets angry at somebody, they just – she, like, you know, these weird – demon creatures from the cemetery come like she she conjures them up and they kill somebody it sounds great it is not yeah oh really i was gonna say it sounds cool it's hot garbage and i was like so disappointed and there's there's like like, camera work in that movie for a low budget film and some of it is really good and there are some amazing parts where i'm like that that deliver that line delivery was so bad they had to have known what they were doing but it's just not a very good movie um but (laughs) it's on uh you know it's on the american horror project box set part two we watched the child and then Thanksgiving and whatever. We didn't watch anything. Oh, no. I watched The Mummy for the first time. The the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Oh, I love it. Did you love it? No, I did not. Why? I, it I, is I, a classic. Everyone is, in it is good. Yes. Brendan Fraser, Rachel Wise, like all of the characters oh, are mean, great. Mean, yes. I and Actually, you're 100, you're, I, that was the one thing I said about that movie. Is like, man, this movie would be insufferable <laughs> if, um, if the cast wasn't so likable. And I, I, I had a problem with like... Rachel Wise, you know, she's, uh, you know, they kind of do the whole she's all that thing where you're like, are we really supposed to believe in the beating that she's so bookish and nerdy that she's not gorgeous? I know, and, like uh, she's not the most beautiful woman. Like, exactly. Ever. And then you take off their glasses and Brendan Fraser's like, whoa, hubba hubba. And I'm like, motherfucker, come on. That woman, that woman could be wearing a garbage bag over her head and I'd still be like, oh, she's gorgeous, you know? So um, I, I, here's the thing about that movie is – in the middle of that movie, that whole thing of like when they go back to the, like I, I was Cairo or whatever, and like um, the mummies coming after all of the people who help you know dig them up and everything like that, and then there's that weird cult of people that just chant his name. And they're like covered with boils and whatever. yeah, that, that I'm like oh my Emo-tap. god, yeah, that is great. That that segment of the movie. I'm in love with. I'm like, I, I wanted that. I wanted that feeling. That weird, like, kind of like eerie, weird, like. I wanted that the whole time. I didn't want the Indiana Jones stuff that kind of sandwiches, you know, buffers it. Like, you know, like the horror stuff in the middle of the of the Indiana Jones sandwich is awesome. Um, and it's not even a good Indiana Jones movie, you know, like and I like I love Brendan Fraser. I think we've talked about this where it's like, how could you not like Brendan Fraser? You know, he's just a yeah. likable dude. But I just the movie doesn't do anything for me. Um, but that there's that one part in the middle where I'm like, oh, my God, there is a really, really creepy and cool movie. And. I will backtrack a little bit and explain something else too. Um, I uh, there's a great podcast out there called Best Horror Movies Never Made, uh, or not Best Horror Movies, Best Movies Never Made. And um, the guy who one of the co-hosts on it, one of the hosts on it, was runs Friday Night Frights, which is a group of people, two guys who um, put movies together at Cinefamily and then in the Egyptian. We saw when we saw Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That was their that was their. Yeah, I bet I've been to a bunch of their yeah. Friday night frights. So one of the guys who who runs that and the guy who produced or directed produced um Yodorowsky's Dune. They have this podcast where they interview people about, you know, these near misses that almost happened, you know, or or movies that did happen but like versions of them that were, you know, were in the pipeline before that, you know. So they did like a, you know, for example, they did a three-part episode on like the Super Mario's Brothers movie and covered all the different iterations of that movie before it actually came out. They did one on The Mummy with Mick Garris on there, and it was fantastic because Mick Garris, him and Clive Barker wrote this crazy version of The Mummy in the early 90s because Universal was like, we want you to reboot The Mummy. And he wrote this weird, crazy, sexual, like, you know, um, 
take on the mummy that was going to take place in modern times in LA. Um, it was going to have a transgendered like villain or protect, you know, antagonist or whatever. And like, um, it was this insane movie that I'm like, oh, and when you hear him talk about it, and they're like, oh my God, like that's the movie I want to see. So I had already listened to this podcast, hearing them talk about all these different versions of the mummy that they were going to go with before they went with the more like, hey, let's kind of go in a more family approach. That being said, there are stuff in that that mummy remake where I was like, how is this movie marketed for kids? Like, I, I mean, as a child, I would have been horrified seeing this movie. I wasn't a child when it came out, you know? Like, But if I had been, like, eight years old, I would have been like, this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen because there is some pretty creepy shit in there. Then I'm like, man, they really stretched that PG-13 rating pretty well. I'm, I'm impressed with that. There's stuff in that movie that I liked, and I think it's because I liked stuff in that movie that I didn't like. That's what made me so angry about the movie. I was like, oh, man, there are some good things in this movie. I just wish there was more of that. Um, and then we watched – the next night we watched um, – you know, we because we have, like – I do my – saturday night friday night movies we did the warriors um mm-hmm. and uh because i was doing a double feature of that and escape from L- uh, new york and then um good double feature yeah and then last night we watched one of my all-time personal favorites um rock and roll high school because like the ramones my favorite <laughs> band and, rock 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 and roll high school well, I, I haven't mean, seen it, that in a long time my wife and i even had our first dance as a married couple to the ramones you know so that's that's uh that's they're a pretty important you know band for me and i just i was like i needed something that was going to make me feel you know good during all this shit something so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah feel I anything mean, that, that's, my, that's my comfort it was like rock and roll high school where i'm just like i love that movie so much and uh and it just always brings a smile on my face so we, we watched that and then that's pretty much it like you know again we watched run um you know, Saved by the Bell, The Child, um, Warriors, Rock and Roll High School. I think that covers us from where we were last time. But uh, the movie we watched um, for this episode, uh, funny story, because we kept, you mentioned um, Boston. It's like, I saw this movie for the first time at a horror movie marathon in 2002 in Coolidge Corner. And I fell asleep during it because it came on at three o'clock in the morning. And it was a, it's a Spanish speaking film, which is wonderful. But when you're really tired and you're like, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And like, I, I caught the first like five, 10 minutes and then I passed out and I never watched it in its entirety. I even owned a copy of it, but the video I had of it was dubbed. And I was like, I'm not watching this. I don't even know where I still have it, but um, I refused. I found it at like Hollywood video was going out of business. Like, Oh, I've always wanted to finish watching this movie. And I grabbed it. And then when I got home, I was like, Oh, this is dubbed. Oh, you then you realized it was dubbed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I looked in the box. I, I was like, I never thought of that. And I looked over and it says like, dubbed in English. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. I don't want to watch no, it. No, that's the worst. Yeah. Everyone knows that dubbed is the worst. Unless it's like old Japanese, like Godzilla films. Or wait, I also, I forgot another movie I watched, which was Way of the Dragon, which I, I have that Criterion box set. So they actually have the Chinese language, the Cantonese, you know, uh, audio track. But I was like, I have to watch it with the English dubbing because it was so, the English dubbing is so fucking hilarious. They're like, it's so over the top bad that it just makes that movie so. Much better. Uh, yeah. Much better, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I, I had never watched this movie in its entirety until we watched it for this episode. Interesting. Why don't do, you give a synopsis of uh, yeah. what we're what, what we're talking about here? Sure, sure. This comes from this director, Alex De La Glacia, who um, I think you've I think each of us have seen a movie of his, um, just different. I think you didn't you see Witching and Bitching? I don't know. No, but okay. it's funny because it came when I was you know looking at this director. I was like, that movie looks fucking sick. <laughs> He did one of my favorite movies that I talked about in, in a, like, I think our 
by our third episode. I was already talking about this movie called Perdita Durango, uh, and which is a uh, it's a um, Barry Gifford adaptation. Uh, basically, the character that Isabel Rossellini plays in Wild at Heart, there's an entire movie about that character. But in this movie, it's played by in Perdita Durango. It's played by Rosie Perez. Javier Bardem's in it. It's this '90s movie. It is so fucking insane that I I you I implore all of you to find this movie Perdita Durango. But he directed this movie Day of the Beast, and it's about this priest who finds out. That the Antichrist is going to be born on Christmas, well, Christmas, you know, um, and he's got until dawn um, of Christmas to stop this the Antichrist, and so he commits to this idea that the only way he's going to be able to basically go undercover is to commit as as many horrible acts as he can so that he can get in good with satan and um find out where the antichrist is going to be born so he can kill the Antichrist and save the world, and he teams up. He initially teams up with this. This guy, this uh, who works, he's like this heavy metal guy who works at this record store. Um, and then throughout the the story, as they're like they're trying to like they're teaming up to try to um, you know uh, find a way to conjure up Satan so they can whatever. They end up teaming up with this weird like television personality who's like a an occult expert on TV that like basically he's like I'm a Tells fucking people's fortunes. Yeah, yeah but he can he, he thinks he's a fraud, you know, um, and he's okay with that. Yeah, because he yeah. is. Um, and, uh, and, and the great thing about this movie is that like, it's, um, I mean, it, it's the premise could have easily been a horror movie, a straightforward horror movie. And it is, um, uh, but the director, I read an interview with him where he was saying that the original script was a straightforward horror movie, but then he just, he's like, I can't, I just, I can't take things seriously. So as he was, as they were rewriting the script, it went from being a straightforward horror movie to being a horror comedy, which is what the movie is. And like the whole opening of this priest um, so the priest, you know, he's, he's, he's on a mission to do terrible, commit evil deeds. So he, he's just doing shit where he's like, there's a street performer standing on a pedestal, like performing. he just walks over and he push. I'm like, I'm cracking up. Like he, there's a, there's a, you know, the, he walks by this accident scene. The police are like, Oh, you got it. You got it. You know, you got to We need you to go talk to this guy. Gave basically give him the last rights. And like, he just goes over to the guy, leans him in close. like, I hope you rot in hell. And like steals his wallet. And I'm like, this shit is fucking killing me. But, um, um, basically, it's it's him trying to stop the Antichrist with, and he teams up with this heavy metal record store guy and a, I don't want to say yeah. televangelist because they're not televangelists. Yeah, he's like one of those fortune tellers online that is like, call from me for money and I'll tell you your shitty ass fortune for the rest of your life. Um, it's fucking hilarious. I loved it. I really did. It's like so silly and like ridiculous at times. Like. First, I love the priest when he walks in and he's like, oh, the way to summon the devil is obviously metal music. And so he walks into the record store and he has this list and it's like Napalm Death, like Iron Maiden. And then like the way he wrote ACDC, it's like Hase Dese. It's like so fucking funny. And, uh, you know, so the record store guy's like, oh, this priest's all right. Like he's into some shit, you know, like plays him this band. And it's just like, it's such a weird off story that like makes its way back in sometimes but it like doesn't make any sense and it's just like so absurd uh but it's still really funny because like it's like such like a old person way to like feel about the devil like well this priest obviously doesn't know anything and it's just like this weird shared psychosis that he's like going around and convincing people of this but like the uh, most obvious thing is like that old people think is like, oh, metal music is clearly the gateway to the devil. Um, right. <laughs> the all the fact that like 
the fake um you know occultist guy who like makes up this ritual and then like you know it's like just like a a pot of lsd mixed with water and blood and then they're like <laughs> you know it's just like so ridiculous i really loved it it's like weird the like the misadventures of the priest the metalhead and the occultist like it's just so silly yeah and it's like you know it's funny because like i didn't you know one of the, what i liked about this movie is that like and this is like the second movie that alex de iglesia did and i had seen like i said um i've seen perdita durango i also Oh, used to own another movie he did called 800 Bullets, which was like, um, which is a fantastic movie as well. But I, 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 it's like, so those two movies already give you the sense of like what they, I mean, Day of the Beast came out, I think it was like I said, second, second movie, but you get to say, if you've seen his other stuff and you haven't seen this one, you'll get an, you already know the, the type of movie this is. But what I really like about it is, uh, and one of the reasons why I thought we should do this is because it's, it's, you know, technically, technically, a Christmas horror movie because it takes place on Christmas or Christmas Eve and everything like that. And, and um, I like that he's taking these like kind of like subtle, like jabs, not even sometimes not even subtle at like Christmas pageantry, you know, which I think is funny because so many people hold that. So, so sacred, you know, like anytime you fuck with Christmas in a horror in a movie, well, not every, all the time, but like Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, and stuff like that. People get fucking, they just, they can't understand. Like, how could you desecrate Christmas? And it's like, Guys, Christmas inherently, like the whole like spectacle of it, you know, is inherently ridiculous, you know. And and I love Christmas. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be shit on Christmas. I'm just saying that like I just like that he's like kind of taking like there's a great scene where like all hell's breaking loose, and um you know like the the they're they're being chased by the police and basically like there's a whole like he like the, the priest ends up on a fucking um a nati- like there's basically like a nativity scene going on like on this fucking like you know like platform oh yeah the commentary and, on police is very funny and then like the three wise men just getting gunned down like fucking cracked me up i'm like that's hilarious you know that's brilliant you know um and uh i don't know i i i really enjoy the um what i one of the things i noticed about this movie is that this is one of the, my favorite going down the rabbit hole movies where like a character is like, I got this insane theory. And then watching like how, like, it's like I, I, watching this movie. I was like, cause I didn't, you know, there's, there's a good chunk of this movie where you're like, is this really shit? Is this like, is he crazy? You know? And yet you, you start to like dive into this like, with him, you know, where they're like, they're like deciphering like messages from like burnt pieces of, of, of paper or like signs come from like, you know, um, somebody's t-shirt, you know, or, or a sign that comes on like a, um, a bus stop, you know, like one of those, like, you know, uh, billboards on a bus stop, whatever those advertisements. And like, he sees something that basically says like, this is the sign from God you're looking for. And I'm like, this is fucking great, you know, because I don't know if this is shit's real or not. And, uh, I feel like the payoff is really great. Um, I, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of, uh, the cinematographer just by this movie alone, uh, Flavio Martinez, Albiano, where like he, um, there's a chase sequence that happens in an apartment. Like when, you know, the scene where he's the, uh, the, uh, Jose, the, the metal dude is chasing the occultist guy's girlfriend in the apartment. And like, there's only really just like one wall that's kind of separating them. But the fact that they make this tiny space into this great little chase scene is so fucking brilliant. And it's all a camera work. And I loved it. I was like, man, this movie is so, it's not just a fun, good horror movie. It's just also really well done. And I was watching like interviews and watching footage from like the time this movie came out. Um, like when it played at the Venice Film Festival and they were like, you know, even like this reviewer who was kind of like who was referring to horror movies as schlock films was even like, 
But one of the things that makes this movie so interesting is how well it's done, you know, and she's like basically like praising like everything, all the aspects of the movie, the, the comedy, the 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 the, the, foot, the camera work, the directing, everything, the acting and the actors are great. You know, um, Alex Angulo, I think his name is. He was the priest. He's been in a few more of uh, Alex de Iglesias movies. Uh, he passed away recently. His car veered off a, a road, um, but he was awesome. You know, the priest is great. Um, Santiago Segura, um, the guy who plays the heavy metal guitar, uh, record store worker. I was like, God, that guy's so fucking familiar. You know why? Because Guillermo del Toro uses him like as bit parts in all of his movies. Remember Blade Two? Yeah. Remember like the guy he like the you know in the very beginning when he's chasing after that one vampire and then he's like he tells him he's gonna let him go for now and then in the end the callback is that he comes back after him. That's the metal guy. Is the vampire oh, in the too? Yeah, and I was like, oh, and I was like, God, he, he really because he just he's really familiar. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I thought he looked familiar too. But I was like, oh, it looks like every fucking metalhead dude I know. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there's something about him. But yeah, go, what are you say? it's funny because for me, it was like kind of different. Like I didn't think any of it was real, and that was what made it so much funnier to me. You know, like that it was just crazy. Like they just drank a bucket of LSD and then they see the devil and then they're trying to escape from him and they're going down that big Schweppes sign which is like fucking hilarious and all I could it's like the funniest scene I'm gonna ruin it so if you wanna you know go for it a little bit but it's a fucking funniest scene because the metalhead dude is like what if I just jump guys like you know and he's like trying to jump and they keep catching him and they're like all they're like he's like I'm gonna bring us all down and it's like really I, I thought it was like fucking hilarious so you know, it's funny because that was the one scene that I didn't find funny. And the only reason oh, why I loved it, the only reason why is because I discovered in my mid to late 20s that suddenly out of the blue, I have a crippling, crippling fear of heights. I had a landlord who asked oh, me. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like I had a landlord who was like, you know, hey, are you afraid of heights? He's like, no. He's like, good. I need you to clamp these avocado trees and pick these avocados, you know? And like, because he always like let me pay late on rent. This is like 10, over 10 years ago. Like, sure. And the moment I got, I climbed to the tree, like I got on this ladder, I climbed to the top of this tree and like I wedged, I like, inched over to the branch. My legs stopped working. Like I couldn't feel my legs anymore. I got, I got so, it was like Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo, you know? Um, mm. I got so fucking scared. So when I'm watching that scene of them going down that, that sign, I, that was the moment for me where I was just like, I would lose my shit. Like I would, I, I, <laughs> I would have been the metal guy, but without thinking it was funny, you know? Like I wouldn't yeah. like I wouldn't have thought of it. I was like, guys, uh, I can't. I just can't do this. See ya, and just let go. You know, like um, <laughs> because that. And I was like, I just that scene did not make me laugh at all because I was just. I mean, actually, that's not true. There was a moment where I was like, I did laugh, um, but for the most part, I was like, nope. This is actually this is the scene in the movie that's scaring me the most. Is just because I can totally see myself completely shutting down at this moment. So, but that 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 scene stood out to me too. But for completely, like you said, for completely different reasons. You know. Um, yeah, I think it's funny, too, to see, like, you know, again, like, what the priest thinks is sinful and, like, what he's doing. And then also, like, the weird metalhead and his mother, who's racist, and, like, he's feeding his granddad fucking acid every day. Like, it's actually, it's just, like, totally ridiculous and, like, kind of really funny. His grandfather, who's also, the entire movie is completely naked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, guess like if you're if you're a dude that um is getting fed, you know, who has dementia and is getting fed acid every day, I guess like what are clothes, you know? Yeah, and the mom is you 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 also brought up a good point. The mom, the heavy, the heavy metal guy's mom who runs this kind of like a hostel that, you know, the the priest is staying at. Um 
is fucking hilarious. Like the the amount of, like she'll be like she'll be arguing with, like she's talking to the priest and her son's sitting behind her like are, you know trying to like snickering making comments and she just like hauls off and just cracks someone. It's like it's so quick and it's so like without missing a beat. It, a lot of physical comedy in here, and then there's a great chase scene between her and the priest at one point in the movie where I'm like, "Yes, yeah. that scene is so fucking funny too." It the the way they interact kind of reminds me a little bit of Dead Alive in a way, yep. you know, like how it's like awkward but like really funny because this is like normal, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it, you're absolutely right, and like and there's great banter, and then and on top of that, like the 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 slapstick, which again, if you play it straight, would be like sickening like there's yeah. this, there's a scene where like a character is like falling and like you see them like kind of hit i don't want to give any away but you see them kind of hit every possible thing they could hit on the way down um <laughs> and it would be you know you could play that completely serious and be like oh my god that's horrific but you play it in this movie and it's fucking hilarious it's it's it's, it's uh it's you know it's just it's Grand Guignol meets the, the the three Stooges. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the ending was pretty funny too. I thought I was like I was pretty pleased with the ending. Yeah, I, I thought the payoff was fucking fantastic. You know, and like ultimately, anytime you're making a horror movie that like, um, you know, is going to tread on like it's going to be on Christmas, and you're going to be kind of making fun, you're going to be taking shots of like, you know, how people are around Christmas and everything, and consumerism, and as well as like, you know, I mean, your plot, your movie is that he wants he has to find this child, this baby, and kill it on Christmas, um, which again is kind of like an invert of like, you know, what the Catholic, Christmas Christ, yeah, yeah, like the, the the Christmas story, I guess, as you want to put it. But like, um, and I did that in quotes for those who can't see what I'm doing because you can't because you're listening. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's anytime you're doing that stuff, you're going to fucking you're gonna you 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 run the risk of like you know really upsetting people. But the funny thing was when this movie came out, people they they didn't care. They thought it was great. They thought it was funny. And he makes a really good point, Alex Iglesias, where he's like, you know, that's why I make my movies comedies because when you when you're making a comedy you've got more freedom to actually get a point across you know people are yeah. more people will not be as offended if you can make them laugh you can get you, they, they will they won't be they won't be upset so and with that in mind why you know you sneak in some stuff there and so there's a lot of really cool subversive shit going on in this movie but he just hides it behind a really you know b- uh, black comedy um and it's it's definitely one of my favorite um I was really, I was really surprised. I was like, I wasn't sure because I remember I, I watched this like, passed out. I passed out, and I was like, I was so disappointed because, okay, the same night that I remember we did, we did another movie from uh, that same, the same exact film festival I went to or the marathon, the, uh, Blood on Satan's Claw. Day of the Beast, Day of the Beast, and Blood on Satan's Claw. I both fell asleep during, you know, because I was just so fucking tired. So um, I'm, I think it's funny that we've kind of revisited them unintentionally. I didn't realize that until I was like, man, Day of the Beast. I've always wanted to see it. Severin Films, which is a great um, uh, DVD, you know, or you know, boutique label, is um, they're releasing both Perdita Durango and Day of the Beast on DVD and Blu-ray. So um, oh, cool. Yeah, and they're gonna have they're gonna load it up with. I mean, they their their releases are usually really good. They did uh you know another movie that we covered that they they did a release of a Santa Sangre, which uh, oh awesome yeah, which is fantastic. And and the, the 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 features on that DVD are fantastic as well. So they are they are planning on doing. They announced it you know back in 2019, um, and it was supposed to be done by 2020, but you know of course 2020 fucked everybody's lives up. So, um, but uh, I also think that Cinematic Void um, also did a screening of day of the beast at the drive-in um a month ago oh that would be um, fun 
They did. No, it, it, it was like it was like you know. They, well, I don't think it was associated with Beyond Fest, but Cinematic Void's been kind of like running. You know, they, after Beyond Fest was over, Cinematic Void's been kind of stepping in and be like, "We're going to do Strange." So they did Nosferatu. Um, I don't know if it was the original. It was a remake. It was the Herzog, and then they also did Day of the Beast. And I was like, "Oh man, I would have, I would have gone to see Day of the Beast," but I just I don't know. I didn't think of it. And then um, I was like trying to think of Christmas horror movies, and I was like, "What's come out during? What yeah. horror movies based around Christmas?" And we've 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 kind of run a, a pretty interesting gamut. We would, you know, our, our first Christmas horror was um, Black Christmas, which I think is. It's I mean, the that, apex of all yeah, holiday I, I, horror, horror movies. It really it is. is. It absolutely is, and that, that's the best way to put it. And then uh, the next movie we did was uh, uh, Christmas Evil, which I we've we've had our you know. I love it. I I mean, I love it too. and I know, but you just I again, you feel I, bad for characters that I feel like you shouldn't feel bad for, mm. like the murdering Santa. Yeah, I feel bad. I don't feel bad for assholes who pick on the murdering Santa for no reason. <laughs> um, I just don't. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe I'm whatever. But uh, and then the movie we did after that, which was like you know, God, it was a year ago, and and doesn't feel like it because time has flown by this this 2020. Uh, but last year's movie was Elves, which was a um, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we kind of right like we went off the rails, and we now we just kind of realigned ourselves back on track with uh, this. I loved doing elves. I loved watching elves. I loved our episode on elves. But um, elves was, um, you know, the jumping the shark of Christmas horror movies, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, this might this might be one of my favorite Christmas horror movies because it's yeah. just it's just so silly, but like still really fun and really dark. Yeah, and in, uh, it, it, yeah, exactly. It, it's really dark. It's really funny. Um, there's a lot of really cool, uh, some some subtle stuff going on in there. And I, I really think that Alex de Iglesia um, should be watched more often by a lot of people. You know, check out 800 Bullets. I think you would even like. It's about a, a, a kind of a spaghetti western town that's being shut down, and all the performers who work there like don't want to leave. And so basically, they end up like staging like a, a, a shootout with a with the fucking the the development team that's trying to like muscle in on them but like it's all about this little kid and his relationship with his grandfather who's like one of the actors and it's uh it's just like day of the beast it's funny but it's also like got some really weird dark shit going on i really dig it but day of the beast is yeah i'm glad we watched this actually because like a year to the date i was in barcelona this like this takes place in madrid but like it just reminds me so much of like being in Spain. And then also like when I was in Barcelona and we found this metal bar with like, you know, some real fucking rockers. And so like just seeing this, I was like, ah, oh, this like totally fits. And it makes me wish I was like traveling right now. And it's like, it is just a fun, a fun, like kind of holiday, but barely holiday. It just takes, just takes place during during christmas but it is still it's it's just a fun watch it really is i i really enjoyed it yeah agreed agreed um yeah i mean that's uh oh i just have one more thing i, I noticed my notes or anything is i don't know if this is like a spanish thing i'm pretty sure it's not but jose's jacket says death or metal d-e-a-t-h-e-r metal as if and i took that as to, to, to apply it's even it's it's even more death metal than death metal. It's death or metal. That's how I read it. And I couldn't stop laughing when I kept seeing. Yeah. His... Death or metal. Like if no, no, you're no, not no. into metal, you are not my friend. No, 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 not death or metal. D E A T H E R metal, like death or like, like better. Oh, death or, like, yeah. yeah like, I mean, well, and that's what I, that's how I read it. Now, I guess I don't know if this is a Spanish thing. I'm I mean, not, I'm, I don't know. I don't but think so. But. It cracked me up so bad, though. Like little jokes like that, man. Like this movie is just—it's you're gonna watch it again, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, I didn't notice that 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 time." So, um, yeah, 
check it out. Yeah, very sick, guys. Check out some real rocker shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's also like another one of our great, you know, you know, it's another great music-related horror film. It, it's, you know, I put it up there with like not maybe not like not like trick or treat level, but like the gate level, you know, where it's like music yeah. pushed just enough of a part as in in the horror. Um, so definitely check that. That's another yeah, another guys. endorsement. All right, guys. All right. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Yes.